Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. The Farm Answers Podcast takes a deeper look at projects funded by the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program and how they are reaching beginning farmers and ranchers. Planted Forward is a Houston, Texas-based nonprofit working to empower refugees to develop sustainable farming businesses that produce fresh, healthy food for their community. Today on the Farm Answers podcast, we talk with Paul from Plant It Forward to learn more about their project. So Plant It Forward was started 12 years ago, uh, so I think early 2011. Uh, I joined in as a, actually as a volunteer in 2020 is how I got introduced to it and then came on as an employee in 2020. Two, but yeah, our organization's a nonprofit, and we work with refugee and new American farmers uh, that help them establish their own and maintain their own uh, independent urban farms. And so, that being said, basically, you know, the, the need was kind of the multifold, and that there's just a general desire to have locally grown organic produce in the Houston. So we're based in Houston, Texas, while also this community. Uh, has a farming background and typically, you know, uh, options for employment uh, are very limited for refugees. And so it's trying to match a skill set with uh, a need of the city and, you know, help these folks uh, basically get back to doing something that they like and can, you know, thrive doing something that they like while, you know, producing a needed um, produce for the city. You know, again, being a nonprofit, you know, we need you know, to try to create these projects to uh, further help uh, kind of spread the word and, uh, and increase education and, and increase resources, establishing urban farms. I'm sure like in most cities, but Houston especially, it's just difficult. You know, one of the biggest challenges is land access, but also just access to, to resources uh, and just education around establishing a business is not necessarily enough just to know how to farm it, it really is you know knowing how to run a business so this project that was kind of one of the key objectives was to further increase knowledge around financial health and business management on top of furthering knowledge around organic growing practices uh, introduction of new tools and methods and also trying to increase access to markets to sell to so how many farmers participate in your program and where do they farm? So we have like a core group of, I guess, Plant Forward affiliated farmers that is about 14, often husband and spouses or adult children that are involved in the farming businesses that farm on land that had been basically helped procured or Plant Forward had helped kind of procured access to these spaces, uh, basically establish a relationship with, you know, one is owned by a church, one is... Uh, on the University of St. Thomas. Now there's like a private individual that has some space. So we help kind of broker these relationships to help place these farmers that have been kind of the Plant Forward family the longest. Outside of that, we are connected to other larger communities that ha- already had space that are a little bit outside of the, the Houston city limits. So for example, there's a, a Congolese women-run farm that I believe there's maybe somewhere 20 to 30 of them that are farming, but they already had access to the land, and we just have been able to come in and kind of help with uh, uh, introducing more technical farming practices to them. There's a, a Vietnamese group down in, uh, south of Houston, uh, again, probably 
30 or more individuals that are farming down there in the last couple of years of the Sudanese group. Again, probably like 30 families. And we're currently, they've gone through some of our training, but aren't actively farming until just recently. They'll, they'll actually probably do the first season this spring. And, and they're, we're helping them establish a, a small community farm. So overall, like, again, we have, kind of have a core group of individuals that have been with Plant for for a while, while also kind of having our hands in a whole bunch of other communities. So it kind of adds up. Part of your project involves creating a food safety plan for the PIF Food mm-hmm. Hub. Now, tell me a little bit about this part of your project and how it's impacting your farmers. I guess maybe a little context on what our food hub is. So this is a part of Plant Forward in which we basically have a CSA that we help run. So this is one of the ways in which we can sell uh, the the produce of the farmers that we work with. Basically, we've kind of centralized a a customer or a Houston-based customor where most of the farmers sell through multiple, like either farmer's market or to their own communities. This is just another way in which at one point, I'm not sure where our numbers are now, but we had... I think we're probably a little over 300 uh, CSA customers. So instead of each one of them individually setting, trying to set up their own CSA, you know, uh, marketing and attracting the customer, we've were able to do some of that work for them and help distribute the product, basically package and distribute, and you know, the marketing and other work that gets goes into the customer relations. All that stuff uh, is something that Plan Forward, uh, you know, can handle. So that being said, basically the food safety portion is, um, you know, one, it's just important to have food safety, but the longer term plan is to, is hopefully having a more formalized plan and also going, um, hoping to open up some customer bases, whether it's uh, like wholesale buyers and grocery stores like that. Currently, most of our buyers are just individuals that are subscribing to our CSA, but we do have some sales uh, to restaurants and a few other like farm tables, a wholesale buyer here. But basically, over the last two or three years, have been formalizing a food safety plan, and then basically kind of passing that down onto the individual individual farms that we work with. And some of that has led to some infrastructure builds to further increase the food safety capabilities of each individual farms by you know, installing like washing and uh, covered areas and storage areas and, and covered washing and packing areas in order to you know, better handle the food that we you know, source. So that's definitely been challenging. Some of the sites that we have, because they are kind of on these borrowed spaces, you know, there's not like electricity at all of them. Someone has a utility easement, so we're like limited on what kind of storaging that we can do. So it's definitely a whole lot of challenges, but we try to work with each individual farm on a kind of case by case basis to, you know, increase food safety practices on each farm to then eventually hopefully uh, open up more sales channels down the road. So you talked a little bit about how your farmers are selling their products, but where could people go more specifically if they were interested in supporting your farmers and purchasing their products? So we have a website that's going to be definitely the first go-to, and it's plantitforward.farm. A lot of information on on, on our website. Um, So there is... Right on the front page, there's a join CSA. So if you are interested in the Houston area, that's a good way to support the farmers. So you can join our CSA. It's basically just a weekly subscription. And there's definitely different levels. You know, the, there's a petite and a large, you know, box and different 
schemes as to which if you want it every single week for four weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks, it can kind of specify the regularity at which you get the, the produce. But that definitely would be a great way to you know, source our products there. But on there also, we have links to where the, the farmer's markets that the farmers participate at. So if there is one near you, that's probably even better is just to go buy directly from the farmer. If there is a market near you. And then there's also uh, an events page that we often, another thing that Plan for helps do is like bring out volunteers to the farms. Cause again, like these, you know, it's really just one farmer or a farmer and a spouse or a farmer and a child. So the farms are, though they're small, they're all, not all of them, most of them are under an acre. Um, some have expanded beyond that, but you know, they're being operated by one or two people. So it's, um, that's another good way just to get involved is to come out on a volunteer day. So in what ways are you enhancing the knowledge, skills, and abilities of these farmers around farm financial management and organic crop production? So I will say that uh, probably the business management and financial um, management is definitely the biggest, well, beyond like land access, I guess. But once you're on the land, it's really that business knowledge piece that uh, there's, is the greatest need. So it's been slow. It, uh, it really, so things that I guess previously weren't happening, a lot of it's just done in their head. The planning, whether it's crop planning or just budgeting and financial planning or keeping track of like where income is coming and expenses were going, it's a lot of just, uh, or at least initially, was just done in the head or not at all. So that's really where we started to crack down. I was just trying to, the skill set from farmer to farmer is definitely different, but you know, overall there, there isn't you know, great computer literacy. So it is starting with pen and paper mostly, you know, from not doing anything at all to just trying to come up with ways that make sense to the farmer. So initially it was just, here's kind of a template form, start recording like where you're spending your money and like categorizing that. Uh, we would, then help take that and put it into like a spreadsheet and show them like this. Eventually I want you to be doing this, but like kind of like trying to find the, the, the baby steps to get them to like better record keeping, which is, I think just really kind of the, the foundation to understanding your business. So that was really step one was just to get farmers understanding where they're spending their money, you know, where they're making the money, they should be able to, to evaluate whether selling to the plant for CSA is, is a good option for them or you know, are they making enough at their farmer's market or is it costing them more to go to the market? Basically, again, just trying to, you know, once they start recording this information, they can start making better business decisions. But in this last year, we did start introducing some classes on just using a computer and uh, like Excel spreadsheet and just trying to introduce some simple tools to where they can kind of take the pen and paper to something that's a little bit more freeze them up, I guess, gives them some more options for um, looking at the information that they're collecting, but also, you know, helping trying to, uh, from the, so that's kind of the financial side on the uh, like the other side is like uh, just crop planning. So again, a lot of that was just by feel, um, which works to a certain extent, but one, you know, started to work with them on being able to translate. So plan forward, if we, if we were, so they are selling a whole bunch of different markets. We, at least in our section of their sales, plan for can be like, hey, this is kind of what we bought last year. We're going to try to have each of these farms that we work with. It's like if you grow these tomatoes and peppers and these quantities on these dates, we feel comfortable or confident that 
we will buy this product from you. But it is taking like, okay, Planet Forward told me how many bunches or pounds and like when, like, how do I translate that to my farm? Again, that was just another piece that we're tackling that we try to help that along as much as possible while also trying to teach them the tools that allow them to do that on their own and then try to translate that to their other markets. So again, like a, a farmer's market is going to be a little bit tougher. You know, there's sales will be up and down and all that, but trying to give them the tools to do some of these things on their own. As far as uh, um, methods for organic farming. So all the farms that we work with farm organically, no one is certified organic, but we, uh, you know, anyone we work with, uh, we push, you know, growing organically. So that's just really been introducing different methods for, you know, fertilization, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, keeping crops in the ground and like tilling, you know, or, or uh, turning them into the soil when they're done versus pulling them out. You know, finding inexpensive, yeah, you know, other compost. We collect leaves from local, uh, like, landscaping companies and use those as as our mulch uh, making sure that they are aware of like you know the things that you can buy that are you know either organic fertilizers or organic uh, pesticides that they choose to use those so it's really just kind of making sure uh, that they understand what options are out there and so this has been done through a mix of methods uh, you know a mix of classroom style lessons and do we visit other farms and in and around the Houston area, we've gone out to like Austin and San Antonio and things like that. But to see other farms that are you know successfully farming organically, to see how they're doing it, we try to make sure that you know inter- introduce tools that will kind of reduce their labor. With PIF providing so many opportunities to beginning farmers, can you give me an example of a beginning farmer that was able to start farming or implement something new on their farm because of your organization? Sure. And this really happened this past summer that we actually had a few farms. We had three farms use cover cropping through the summer on a portion of their farm. And uh, I think it ended up being really, really successful. And I hope that, you know, that will continue for several reasons. We've had classes on cover cropping. We kind of thought the farms were too small to like take any portion of it out of production for extended period of time. So everyone had been exposed probably multiple times to the idea of cover cover cropping and the benefits of it. Just no one kind of like took to it or like incorporated it in their in their seasonal plan. But we had some basically we were able to incentivize it a little bit this summer to just try to test it out on a like a handful of beds on each farm. It, 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 really, it really took uh, basically one thing why I want one to see it more here in Houston is that our summers are like brutally hot this summer, especially we kind of joke about here is that like a good thing is that we can farm year round. Bad thing is that we can farm year round and, and that like, it's really, really tough to make it through, you know, June through even September though things will grow and we do sell things. It's hard to be outside and the variety definitely is, is less and hard to put together really solid CSA with the same items. But anyway, all that being said is that really wanted to see them reduce the, the footprint in which they're farming. So there's definitely things that they grow that actually grow through the summer that, uh, you know, take up space and don't require a whole lot of work and you know, like, like sweet potatoes and, we have okra and things like that, but instead of really trying to force 
using all the space and not really being able to keep up with that. We also on our sites, we are on city water, so we're not well water. We have to pay water bills, which again, get increasingly high during the summer. So the expenses get high and the, the potential for income uh, starts to decrease. So really wanted this to, to be a, them to feel comfortable taking a larger portion of their farm out of production and use a cover crop to reduce the amount of work that they're doing, you know, reduce the weeds that grow. And then, you know, we they'll turn it into the soil once uh, the fall hits and add the compost of, of the cover crop back into the soil. Uh, so that's exactly what we saw. We were really, really pleased. It, it, um, I think we just grew like some cowpeas, uh, grew in real thick, really kept the weeds out, required almost no attention. Uh, and, you know, and they were able to turn it into the soil. So it kind of worked out exactly how we wanted it. I don't think anyone saw any, like it really at any point in time, those beds would have sat empty kind of anyway. Uh, it's just kind of making them realize that like this was an, uh, an option and, you know, we'll reduce the, the amount of labor if they had sat empty and grew weeds, whatever they would be pulling those weeds out and spending time on that or, um, so I think it achieved a whole lot of different things that I hope to see more of it in the coming years. As with many projects funded in 2020, there were some challenges in the first year of your project. What was a big challenge Planet Forward faced and how did it affect the remaining two years of your project? Um, I know, so I came in mid-project, but I know that we changed our scope a little bit after the first year. And that's some of that, some of what we had hoped to start to tackle is some of this land access piece that I think uh, is actually being kind of currently uh, rolled over into a different project. But I think the challenges were just bandwidth really, and just kind of starting to understand that the, that I think there's probably was more for us to figure out in Houston of how to approach it. Uh, that there wasn't, there's not really a real clear path as to, you know, I guess with definitely with the idea of like farming in urban spaces that I think there needs to be probably a little bit more advocacy uh, in that space uh, to maybe open up some more opportunities here in Houston. So I think uh, of the objectives that we had, it was going to be the one I think that was realized that this is going to need a whole lot more attention and hours um, and probably just strategy that we just didn't have at the time to uh, to figure out and, and and do properly, and basically realized that you know, the, at least the other objectives of increasing financial and, and business management and technical skills and access to markets and food safety things were going to be more impactful, especially for the people that were already farming and on land. The, the idea that you know why we wanted to continue pushing for uh, opportunities to find land is that most of the farmers do want to expand. They do want to own their own land. Uh, you know, we're fortunate in that most of the land that Plant Forward has uh, gained access to is at, you know, either no cost or very, very, very low cost. And so that's been a great thing. But we only have about six acres at our disposal total. And so... There's definitely a desire. Uh, you know, we want to be able to reach more people that aren't already on on land. That's been a challenge, and that there's people that are interested, but it doesn't necessarily feel fair to take people through some type of training program and not have a clear path to like what do they do with that new knowledge. So that's why we wanted to tackle that that problem. Um, but it did. Uh, the, I know we changed the scope. I believe we took it out of our objectives. 
um, just realizing it, it, it just needed uh, something else that we weren't going to be able to do in this project. What is one piece of advice you have for a beginning farmer considering participating in your program? I guess be prepared. I want to set expectations that, that it's hard. <laughs> and I think it does take a certain individual that can go through, I guess, the, the unique challenges of, of trying to start a farm. It takes a lot of patience. It takes the ability to fail, I think, or learn some lessons. I think it takes... I'm guilty of this myself. Like I, you know, I am actually currently like looking for land to farm myself. I know the challenges that come with that. And, but I'm also like, I think a lot of us are like dreamers and that like have this, like, I think that's where some of the people that we interact with is that like, you know, definitely have people that come to us and like have a beautiful dream and are get really, really excited about an idea. But that excitement, I think, kind of only gets you so far. And then, you know, once we have like a longer conversation with people and start to go, like kind of the, we have a, actually the Sudanese group where we are, they actually had a leased piece of land. It probably wasn't the best. It eventually fell through, unfortunately, um, but it was probably because they really just like let themselves get really excited about something, kind of entered a, a, a lease that maybe they shouldn't have. It, but like lacked a plan and so my advice is like to, to is is to plan um to put in it's a piece that isn't farming necessarily it is like the business plan it is the financial plan it's budgeting it, it's it's time you know people are often coming from some other job and wanting to quit their job and like start farming so I, you just need to be patient um and put together like be prepared for it to take unless you're lucky and you have like access to land that that definitely can speed things up but if you don't then just be ready for maybe a little bit longer ride than you're like budgeting for and just understand that it's going to take work uh and time what is one piece of advice you have for someone looking to implement a similar program in their state or region (laughs) do it (laughs) um and that yeah I, i think um, I definitely am, am passionate of uh, wanting more things like this. I, I want it to, it to be easier for people that want, like, I think farming is, is really hard. And the fact that there's a lot of barriers to the, like, I feel like if you are willing to raise your hand and want to do like a really hard job that like we should be doing everything we can to support that. I think it is important to have, you know, locally, organically grown produce and have food security and things like that. It's not necessarily advice, uh, I guess, uh, other than like, I just, I want more people interested in doing it. So I say, do it. it like, it's going to be hard. Like we have uh, a whole lot of challenges. We're, we're always learning, even though we've been around for over 10 years, that it's kind of the same thing with the farmer. Be, be ready to make mistakes and not get it right the first time. But probably start small too. Uh, that probably also goes back to like the, the you know, the dreamer thing is like, like it's good to have a dream and have a vision, but there also needs to be a piece or someone that can kind of ground it and take realistic steps forward. So I would say try to be realistic with what you think you can achieve and be okay with starting small and making mistakes. But at the same time, like if you have, if you feel passionate about doing it, like, yeah, like do it. Don't let other people, uh, you know, give you a reason not to. As we close out the episode, where can people go to find out more about your program? Um, again, it'd be our, like our website has all kinds of work information on it. 
So yeah, again, it's plantitforward.farm. Yeah, we have other opportunities. So besides the folks that might want to, you know, purchase a farmer's produce or become involved as a volunteer, and sometimes we have some intern opportunities every once in a while. We do have a new project that is a um, an apprentice program. So it's currently looking for, I believe, five individuals that are wanting to learn how to farm. Uh, but it is it is like a paid apprenticeship, and but you'll and I believe it's going to be a year long. Uh, I'm not the lead on the project, um, kind of, so I'm just going from some memory. But I believe it would be about a year long, so it'll be a mix of again like you know some more kind of uh, lecture style stuff. But the the difference in this is that it'll be you'll rotate through I think three or four different farms for like three months at a time. So you'll actually be going out and working with uh, different farmers. Uh, and getting like really hands-on experience, and yeah, the great thing about it is that it 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 will pay for the time that you're like working on the farm. So I, yeah, so I think that's great. So that would also be on our website um, to sign up for that. Do you have any social media that people can follow you on? Plant Forward Farms on Facebook, and uh, but Instagram is probably where we're most active, uh, and that's just yeah, it would be at Planet Forward. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and sharing your project with our listeners. Yeah, thanks, Megan. It was great talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Farm Answers Podcast. This episode was hosted by Megan Engel. To learn more about this USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's beginning farm and rancher development program project or other BFRDP projects, visit farmanswers.org. The Farm Answers Podcast and farmanswers.org are funded by the United States Department of Agriculture National Institute of Food and Agriculture and are a product of the Center for Farm Financial Management at the University of Minnesota.